Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Cafecito con Estrellita. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hola mi gente, welcome back to Cafecito con Estrellita. I hope you're doing well this week. Alright mi gente, you know what time it is. It is our interview episode for the week. And I am so excited to introduce you all to Mena from Latina Power Puff. And you can go ahead and find her on Instagram, TikTok, Equis Equis. Now, I'm so fortunate to have her as a guest for the podcast because she received her bachelor's degree in business, but her PhD is in a different area of study. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing how she's paved her higher ed journey and Meta and I are just here to reassure you that it's okay if you change your degrees a couple of times, the, the area you want to study, because everything that makes you you, the things you work hard for, will come back and just work for you the way they're supposed to. And uh, I just really hope you enjoy this plática, and I'm just going to go ahead and let this episode speak for itself. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here with you today. My name is Jimena or Mena. Um, I'm also known as at Latina Powerpuff across all my social medias. And I'm a PhD student, a techie, and just lover of all things nerdy. Um, I did my undergrad in business. I did my master's in information systems. And now I'm pursuing my PhD in higher education and student affairs. So, yeah. What, how did your inspiration from Latina Powder Puff begin? Can you share a little bit about that? Yes. So it was kind of an organic experience. You know, I just changed my at name to Latina Power Puff. Um, I'm a lover of the Power Puff girls and I'm Latina, obviously. So I kind of just combined those two things. Um, and that's representative of just different parts of my identity um, that I hold near and dear And so I noticed that I, as I started sharing more resources and just more about my life and graduate school and working full time, that it started really resonating with a lot of people. Um, and, you know, Latinx people, grad students, first gen. Um, so a lot of people were asking and responding, you know, about my resources that I was providing and proactively seeking that. So that was kind of the motivation behind really solidifying it as a brand and making my website and making my merch and all of that. So that's in a nutshell how Latina Powerpuff came to be. No, of course. And I love that you brought up your merch because it just came into my mind right now. Oh my gosh, Mijenta, she has the cutest stickers. <laughs> And just like you, my dear, I was also a huge Powerpuff fan. I was always there from kindergarten, I want to say till third grade. I can't remember the age gap, but every day at 4.30 Cartoon Network, I was in front of the TV. <laughs> Blossom was my girl. So your stickers are super cute. And I believe you have an email list, correct? Yes, that's correct. I have an email list and I'm hoping to just start putting out a lot more content, a lot more resources for people. So yeah, feel free. Anybody who wants that on latinapowerpuff.com. No, of course. And if I can just ask, like, what do you kind of envision the types of resources? Like, would you share like Zoom fatigue tips? Would you share about like how to network? What do you envision with your newsletter? Yeah, all of that, I think. Whatever I'm kind of finding useful at the time or whatever I'm feeling like I need or people on social media are like, you know, talking about, that's what I'll try to provide. 
whether it's networking or just, you know, free um, events that you can go to, other accounts that are also sharing great things or, you know, communities that you can tap into online. That's kind of like where I'm trying to be is, you know, being a connector of somebody who could benefit from a resource. And if I can't provide it, you know, putting, guiding you in the right direction of where you might find it. Oh, Miha, you're definitely in the right direction. And I really <laughs> love that for you. So now I have to ask, we're going to take a few steps back. So you had mentioned that identity is something super important with you. That's why you had named your handle. You're, you're pretty much like brand itself, Latina Powder Puff, because you love the Powerpuff Girls, you're Latina. So I want to ask in your like, just however best you can explain it, how do you see a correlation with um, representation as well as identity? Yes. So I think like I kind of was mentioning is that identity and representation are very closely tied and they have this interesting relationship, but they're not necessarily the same thing. And for me, I think my um, early identity or formations of my identity was shaped by some of the um, representation that I saw. And um, there wasn't a lot, but I just remember kind of gravitating to even like cartoon characters and stuff because I didn't necessarily see, you know, a lot of Latinx characters. And when they were portrayed, it was like misrepresentation, you know, not really in the greatest light and not showing the depth to our culture and, you know, the fact that we're just not a monolith. So I think that um, representation really can shape your identity. And now as I'm growing older, I'm moving through academia and my career, um, it's great to see more representation because, you know, that really has an impact on, you know, younger generations, but even now, like it can reshape how you feel about, you know, your own identity or help you solidify it um, by the things that you see, you know, in media and books and print and ads and all of that. So it's just great to see all these movements um, and pushes for more representation and diversity. And believe me when I tell you this, Miha, you are one of those people pushing for that (laughs) movement, which I love so much. Now, I definitely, I want to go in a little more detail. So Latina Powerpuff, identity, representation, and you're a PhD student. And we talked a little bit about it as well, how as you continue to go up through higher education, you know, past your bachelor's to your master's doctorate, you see a lot less minority groups. Can you just share a little bit based on your experiences with that, your thoughts, anything you want? Yeah, definitely. Um, There was a big difference from doing my undergrad, which even then it wasn't like, you know, overwhelming Latinx representation or even diversity into my master's program where I was one of only, you know, three women and the only Latinx person just to go through my program at all you know, that, that particular cohort. So it's definitely difficult when you don't see anybody around you who, you know, you have those similarities to. And of course, you know, you make friends and you make connections, but you do miss having somebody who you can be like, you know, just connect on a different level. Um, so there's definitely that. And as I move into these classes now, um, luckily my particular program, um, they, they, really value diversity and equity and inclusion. So I think they're making strides to really increase, you know, representation, but in general, as a whole, you know, as you move up 
the, you know, the numbers decrease, um, exponentially. And as, um, anybody who is in higher ed, you know, might know for the STEM subjects, which is what I'm particularly uh, passionate about. And even for leadership positions, you don't see, um, Latinas or women of color, people of color, um, you don't see us represented properly. And so that's a whole big issue unto itself. So you are now in a program a doctoral program for student affairs, and you have this passion towards STEM. And how do you see both of them? Like, how do they correlate together? Or like, how is it all for you to be passionate about both things? So um, I came in to be passionate about STEM, and that's why I ended up pursuing my master's in information systems. I really wanted to, you know, break into the industry and solidify my knowledge in that. But then I realized that if I wanted to have the kind of systemic impact that I wanted to have, education was where I needed to tap into and bolster my credentials and my research. And that's really where I want to do research in original research is in STEM education. So in order to impact, you know, policies, um, whether it's statewide policies or federal policies, you know, you need to have research to demonstrate why investing in certain communities or investing in certain subjects is important. So, you know, in order for that to happen, people have to care about it and do the research, you know, and apply for those grants and spend that time. And it can take years. But um, if there's not, you know, any Latinas or just people in general doing a lot of research in these areas and fighting for it, then you might not necessarily see these system-wide changes that need to happen, you know, in terms of funding, in terms of resources for our communities. So that's kind of how I see it all tying together. Um, I think I can have impact, you know, within STEM, but also just education at large. So that's my goal. Do you know how inspiring you sound, my dear? I completely <laughs> love you. it. I really, really do, especially because I know there's so many first-gen gente that are going to benefit from this episode, benefit from this conversation, because most of the time, at least for me, until I started to find my own mentors, I always believed that, oh, I only have to study one thing, and then with that one thing, I only do that one thing. I know you get where I'm going with this, mm -hmm. but you're with yourself, you found a way and you're continuing to find ways how to put, like, connect everything so it could work to build our communities stronger. So now I have mm -hmm. to ask you, how did you even find this connection? Because, I mean, as we, we talked about behind the scenes, we're both first gen. So mm -hmm. we are role models without role models. We, we eventually found some, but you know what I mean. So how, how did you get these ideas, like, just sparking where you're like, these connections make sense? Yeah, that's such a good question, because I feel like when I told people what I wanted to do, everyone was so confused. They were like, what? And like, how does that make sense? And explain it to me again. But, you know, I had this vision and I was like, it makes sense to me. So like, I just need to go for it, you know, <laughs> like, like whatever other people are, are saying, um, you know, sometimes they really are coming from a great place and that's great. Um, but other times it's like, you just need to go with your gut, you know, um, whatever it's telling you is guiding you in the right direction. So that's what I did. And I think now retroactively people kind of see those connections. Um, but definitely it wasn't necessarily clear because it's not the traditional path. And if there's anything that I'm like, you know, what is traditional, you know, like who, who, who gets to define that and, and why, is, why should that be the benchmark for, 
what we do. It's like, I, I want to be innovative. And from my business undergrad, I can apply so many things to my background in technology from my master's to now education. It's like, you know, uh, these three things might not seem like they connect to some people, but for me, it's like, I feel like I'm in the right spot or headed there at least. No, of course. And just trust me from from an outsider's view as someone who, well, I, I definitely do look up to you. Like I had told you before I even started this podcast, I remember when I found you back when I was an undergrad, not like that, but like on social media <laughs> and I was going to UCSB and I was like, oh, she's pretty awesome. And I had just been following you with my personal account. And then once I abandoned my personal account, not like that, but it's more because like we shared creating content and being a a grad mm-hmm. student. It's, it's, it's a lot, especially when you're working too. So I've just, I just love everything that you do and it's super inspiring. So now I have to ask this. So you found ways to connect these things where they make sense to you. Cause trust me, I've been there, my dear. So <laughs> a lot of reflecting back had to go on your part. You as a person, Miha, how do you reflect back? Like, like, what is your process? Cause I know some people meditate, some people free, write. Mm-hmm. I I've, I'm more of a free, write Girl. I've tried to meditate, but it's just not my thing. So what what is what is your thing? Maybe maybe you'd give more um, inspiration to other students that are trying to find their calling. Yeah, I mean, whatever works for you, right? You have to experiment with different things and you know figure out what works for you. Um, so, like you said, some people do you know more wellness or meditate, and some people like to journal. You know, I definitely like to tap into my creative side, number one, but also number two. I like to just learn more about history and things that are rooted from a historical perspective. And that really helps, you know, keep me grounded as well as I have this connection to like just looking up at the stars from when I was a little girl and my dad would take me out to work in El Rancho, you know, really, really early. And we would see the stars come up sometimes. Um, That's how early we were out there. Um, and I just remember we, we bonded over like the universe and um, documentaries about it. He would buy me books. He bought me my first Stephen Hawking book about um, the universe. So learning about that and learning about history and kind of how it parallels to today keeps me grounded and helps give me a new perspective on something that maybe I was thinking, this is a problem I don't know how to solve you know, or this is something that I'm feeling a certain kind of way about. But after, you know, those two things, it kind of brings me back. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can tackle this now. You know, I have a new perspective. And mi gente, not only is she educated, but she's very well grounded con la familia. (laughs) I love that. If that does not speak first gen, I do not know what does. Now, I definitely want to go further on. I know you had recently, because you shared with me, you got your master's degree, like pretty recently before you started your PhD. And well, congratulations. You've worked very hard for it. And I asked you... Do you even feel like you have a master's degree? Because sometimes I feel that way. I'm like, do I you do I even have these degrees? Like, how did this happen? Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, that was a funny conversation. Um, it was just like I have to keep looking at my degree up at my wall and be like, no, yeah, like I really did that. You know, it wasn't just like a thing that I dreamt up that I imagined. You know, I really went through the motions. I went to class. I studied. I did my research, wrote my papers, and then I graduated virtually, but I still graduated. So, yeah, it's definitely is this thing where it's like, you know, 
when I was a kid, I always kind of envisioned what this would feel like. But even now, sometimes I can't believe it. I'm like, whoa, I really did that. (laughs) And I just, I need to ask because I'm super curious. So when you were a master's student, did you ever sometimes have to look back and be like, did I get that bachelor's degree? (laughs) Yeah, I think I had a similar experience, you know. I was like working with people who also had degrees, but they weren't necessarily from the background that I had. So I find myself, I found myself at the time, like always second guessing, you know, am I like that imposter syndrome kicking in? Like, should I be here? Like, I don't know enough. You know, I don't come from the same places that a lot of these people do. And I don't really see others who have or in my surroundings. Um, But if anything, you just have to remind yourself that, you know, you got through those challenges. And um, like you said, just try to pave the way for um, others because, yeah, you never know who's watching. You never know who's watching you. No, of course. And I just had to ask because I'm definitely one of those people where I'm like, did I really get that? Is that real? (laughs) You know, so, okay. now, well, transitioning, but also steps back because I just, I know you have so much knowledge that so many people can gain great, great information. So you have definitely experienced a lot with like mentorships, mentees. And I saw on your LinkedIn not too long ago, because yes, I do research and stalk my interviewees (laughs) as a good interviewer because I'm obsessed anyways. And um, you had had like a mentorship opportunity with a place such as um, Girls Who Code and just things like that. So as first gen, how were you able to even find um, organizations like that to work with? What kind of tips and advice could you give to other first gen, whether they're in undergrad or grad school, that if they want to do something similar, how can they find, you know, find those opportunities? There's definitely so many organizations that now um, offer virtual mentorship, um, which is a lot more flexible Um, Like Girls Who Code and like Built by Girls, whether it's through your university or the workplace, you know, there are always a lot of those opportunities if you just seek them out, I think. But how I particularly got started was through my internship. It was uh, my first internship I did was at Adobe and um, they had the Girls Who Code program there for high school students. So it was like, okay, you know, I want to be a mentor even though, um, you know, I don't have a bunch of technical knowledge, like maybe I could still be like a helpful resource for somebody. So that's really how I got started officially mentoring by just being like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and and just give it a shot. Um, But there are, so getting internships and all of that, like that's a whole nother, you know, conversation of how many barriers to entry there are for, you know, first-gen students. Um, and how challenging it is to just get your foot in the door. Um, But I think if you can, um, even with a virtual mentorship or something like part-time, it's so rewarding and so worth it, um, whether you're the mentee or the mentor. No, of course. And now kind of like I was telling you behind the scenes. So a lot of the times, and I just, I want to hear from you types of tips or maybe just Anything that could like strike a spark in our first gen gente. So I know there's some individuals that like it literally eats at them on the inside to have to like ask for help because they feel like they're a burden. They feel like they are a bother. And a lot of the times there are people that feel like that, but I just feel like for our first gen Latinx students, it hits so much more differently because a lot of the time during our childhood, 
we didn't really, we weren't really told, oh yeah, just ask for help and get support whenever. No, we were told you always have to figure it out at like five years old, or we were always told or assisted our parents like translating documents, which I mean, that's not Mm -hmm. a problem. It's always, we want to definitely always help La Familia, but it's like, I've definitely seen it as a pattern and just with conversations and even myself, as we keep paving their way through higher education, sometimes our anxiety may even feel a little stronger in comparison to students that didn't go through the first gen experience as a student. So for Mm -hmm. a student that may feel like that extra, extra anxiety lift, like, oh my gosh, I'm just such a bother based on everything they went through. What can you advise to them to be like, no, you, you are doing the right thing and it's okay to ask for that help. I think this kind of takes like a paradigm shift in the way that you think about it. Um, Because I know definitely for me, I wasn't brought up to necessarily think like, okay, asking for help is like the thing to do. And it's not like my parents or my family were ever like, don't ever ask for help. It was just more so implied, like, by the way that we did things, it was like, you know, we're going to figure this out. Or definitely as the eldest daughter, it was like, well, I got to help everybody else. And I was even, you know, the oldest of my cousins. So it was like double, you know, like, I just got to figure it out. I got to pave the way. And there's, even if I do ask for help, like who's going to help me, you know? Um, So definitely I can relate to that anxiety. I've definitely experienced it myself. But as I maneuvered through you know, different professional settings, I realized how normalized it is and how, you know, you know, normal it is to just ask for help and to seek out those resources and to seek out a mentor. Um, So I would definitely say um, to just kind of start thinking, shifting how you think about it and think about like, okay, if, if somebody went to you right now and asked you for help on something that you've been through or just for your perspective, you know, would you be happy to help them? You know, probably most people are. So kind of put yourself in that position. And I think sometimes that can help calm some of that anxiety of feeling like a burden. Um, And also just, you know, reading up on that person and making sure that you know, or you think at least that it would be a good fit for, for them to help you because you have, you know, similar interests or something that they did is something that you want to accomplish. So if you've shown that you have a genuine interest and you've kind of read up on them as much as you can. And if you ask them for help, you know, I, I've never turned anybody down. So, and, and um, sometimes even if somebody turns me down or if I have to, you know, be like, okay, I might not be the best fit. Um, it was always a good interaction because they direct me and I try to direct others to somebody who is a better fit or who could um, help them a little bit more than I can. Of course. And well, I can definitely see you have a positive and growth mindset right there. (laughs) So how do you feed that? How do you keep that? Because it really seems like it just comes off so naturally, not just from this conversation we're having, but even just on your social media platforms like TikTok, IG, how how do you keep that positivity just fed regardless of all Mm -hmm. the stuff like especially that we're living through a pandemic with all the stuff that's just kind of weighing down students right now? Yeah, well, let me tell you, like, it's not that it just comes so naturally as much as I have to just actively remind myself, like, I've gotten through some difficult things, you know, I've gotten, I've made it through some things that some people can't fathom, you know, as a first gen, you know, student. So 
definitely thinking back to those times and being like, wow, how dark that felt. But like, here I am. And just like reminding yourself of that can be so helpful. But yeah, actively, you know, being like, you know, am I breathing? Like, can I, you know, just checking in with yourself, like, okay, then, you know, I I can make it to, to tomorrow and figure out whatever this problem is. Um, but that also takes kind of like a shift in your mindset. And I just remember one particular professor um, early on in my academic career taught us about like growth mindset. It was in a business class, actually, interestingly enough, um, and how helpful that could be. And I then just kind of started applying it, not in a super formal way, like I didn't go out to read a bunch of books on it, but just the premise of it and just trying to practice it day to day has been really helpful for me. And, you know, I I have a younger sister as well. And, you know, we have a great relationship and stuff. But I think because I'm the eldest and my mom's my eldest, the eldest in her family, like we can relate to that even though it's not like she's pursuing her PhD or anything like that. Um, Maybe one day, you never know. (laughs) But um, we can kind of relate and she can kind of just tell sometimes when I'm feeling overwhelmed or when I'm feeling like, you know, I'm taking on a lot of responsibility and she'll be like, you know, Mija, you don't have to worry about that. Like, we're going to be okay. And of course, like, you know, you still worry about like, I want to do stuff and I want to grind and take care of, you know, the family and all of that. But I definitely would say she's the person that, you know, whenever I'm feeling like this is a little bit too much or like, you know, I just need to take a step back and kind of tap into who I am at my core. That's who I would go to. So and I'm fortunate to have her um, in my life, you know, and and for those who like may not have their parent, you know, I also have friends that I go to who, you know, are first gen and talking to them, even even if it's not about school, just about, you know, how they're doing and stuff, that will always, you know, brighten up my day too. <laughs> no, of course. And I love that you even brought up the fact that it's okay if sometimes it's not a parent or maybe you don't have a parent currently. You could always have mm-hmm. your friends, maybe a prima or a primo, hermana, yeah, hermanos. Yeah, whoever that is for you. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the most important part. And I love that. Now, I have to ask because your iconic picture with your whole graduation get up is in (laughs) pink. Did you wear that when you walked? Well, this was for my virtual graduation. So they kind of gave us freedom to just kind of do whatever we wanted because they were like, okay, well, we can't have an actual graduation. So just submit a photo of yourself and, you know, your family and stuff. So it was like, I literally had like a photo shoot with me and my family. And I ordered this pink graduation gown and cap and just decorated it because the one for my school was so delayed because of the pandemic. Like I ended up getting it actually way after. So (laughs) it was just kind of like a where I was like, you know, this is cute. Like, I think this would be good. And it actually ended up getting reposted and shared on like Univision and Telemundo and like a bunch of Instagram pages. I was like, oh my goodness, I did not expect this to happen. Um, But people really liked it. And so I was glad that I could kind of brighten up um, their day. So that was fun. (laughs) No, of course. And that was something I wanted to make sure I didn't like not miss to ask you about because it your getup is very iconic. Like it's pink, (laughs) it's you, it's got some gold going on. So now going back to how you had a virtual commencement for your master's, how was that? Like, 
how actually just overall in general, how has it been for mm-hmm. you explaining to your mom or any other family member your pathway of getting a higher ed degree? Like, did they just, did they kind of expect you to stop at your bachelor's? And then when you told them, oh no, I'm going to keep going. How were they? Were they like, oh, but why? (laughs) Kind of a little bit of both. I think from a young age, I always expressed like that I had that goal. Like, I don't even know where it came from, to be honest, but I just had that goal. Like I want to, I like school and I want to pursue school to like the highest that I can get to. Right. So like, what does that mean? It means a doctorate or a PhD. So early on, I had that in the back of my mind. But, you know, getting your undergrad is a difficult process for a first gen student. So completing that or pursuing that even is such a big accomplishment in and of itself. And it was difficult for me. Um, You know, I had to take a break mentally and physically. So when I told my parents that I wanted to pursue my master's while also I was working full time at the time, um, they were like, why? Like, you know, (laughs) like, why do you need to do that? Like, you have a job, you have a good job, you know, um, you already got past that. And, you know, I think they were a little bit worried that I was going to burn out and like, you know, my my health might suffer and things like that. And they also, you know, they want to see, they want to see you, your family wants to see you. And when you're a grad student, it's like, bye everyone. Like, it's me and my books, you know, a lot of times. So um, there was definitely that. But I will say that I think that they're happy that I'm pursuing it because I had expressed earlier on that I did want to do it. And I wanted to be that person for my family. Like, let me go through all this hard stuff so that then I can, you know, help you and help others navigate the journey. And that is definitely the definition of paving the way. Okay, so I I have to ask, okay, are you a Capricorn? (laughs) Um, I think, no, I'm a Leo, but I think, you know, with the, I don't, I remember reading this article about it that was actually your astrological sign is like a full month off, you know? So it's like, I take that stuff as like fun, but you know, there are definitely a bunch of Leo memes that I enjoy and like my friends send to me and they're just like, this is you. And I'm like, okay, sure. (laughs) No, I love that. And I'm on the same boat as you. Zodiac signs are definitely for fun, but the reason why I ask is, well, one, I'm a Capricorn and I get a lot, I get it a lot when they're like, oh, you're such a Capricorn because I'm kind of always on the go, go, go. However, now as I get older and I keep going through higher ed, I've learned self-care is okay. Mm-hmm. I've learned that like, no, Estrella, you can appreciate the work you're doing. Like, it's fine. You don't just have to like make yourself be a robot. But anyways, besides the point. So that's why as I'm just hearing your stories, hearing your experiences, I was like, she sounds, she sounds like we have very similar interests. Is she a Capricorn too? Cause I don't really <laughs> know much about other Zodiac signs. Like, I mean, they're fun and stuff, but the ones that I know, like I know all the characteristics. Well, you know, supposedly characteristics, because sometimes I feel like they switch up a lot. I don't know. You just seem like you'd be a Capricorn like me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sometimes when you connect with someone, you're like, hmm, you know, I wonder if they're the same sign, like, you know, but there are also all these other things that are like, I definitely see like them switching or converging into one another. So I'm just like, "Hmm, this is interesting, but I'm not, you know, an expert on the signs. So (laughs) 
Oh, me either. We're just, we're experts in what we know. But yes, now, yeah. Mena, before we officially end this episode, I just want to ask, like, is there anything that you just want to share with our listeners? Any last words? And then after that, feel free, please, to share where people could connect with you in case they want to ask you about more questions about mentorships or maybe they want to get to know you more. And mm-hmm. if you've ever been on, like, another podcast or if you've had any, like, recorded, like, speeches you've done, feel free to just leave it all down here. These next couple of minutes is completely yours, even though this episode kind of was all for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think um, I was kind of thinking about what I might want to leave people with or like, what is the one thing that I would want people to get from this, you know, podcast, from this interaction um, for people taking the time to hear it? You know, and it's definitely something that I've heard a few different times said in a few different ways, but I'll try to kind of do it justice. And it's that you shouldn't define your worth or your identity by, you know, your work and your like your status as a student or as an employee, you know, because that's really difficult to keep up. And it's a surefire way to just like start feeling empty you should instead align yourself with a mission and a vision and like something greater that you're kind of working towards. And that way you can use that as kind of your compass, you know, whatever you're pursuing at a time at the time, does it align with that vision, with that mission that you've set for yourself, that thing that you're passionate about or something that you want to change in the world. Um, And using that as kind of your guiding star rather than tying yourself to like one single job or one single degree or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I found it personally helpful and I think it could be helpful for others as well. And, um, you know, if, if people want to find me, I'm on Latina Powerpuff, like I said. Um, but I'm also, I recently was featured on, um, Hello Latina podcast, um, as well. I'll be featured in, um, plural podcast. Um, and then you can always just check out my website, send me a message on, um, you know, whether it's email or DM me or anything. I try to be good about responding to people, but that's it. (laughs) No, of course. And thank you so much for sharing. And I'm one more thing. Who's your favorite Powerpuff? Oh, wow. This is literally the toughest question, but I would definitely say as a kid, it was Blossom. Uh, But, you know, although I appreciate and love all three of them, you know, but it was, it was definitely Blossom. Um, but now I can, I don't know, I kind of just start to like love the other two for their own unique characteristics. And now I'm just like, sometimes I feel like Buttercup, sometimes I feel like Blossom. Um, sometimes I feel like Bubbles, but they're all great in their own way. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent, but I love that so much. All right, Mijenta, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. You know where to find Jimena. You know where to like listen to her more on with these other podcasts that she has been on and she's going to be on. But please don't forget to subscribe to Cafecito con Estrellita on any platform you use to listen to your podcast. 